0: This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici. Hey Fraser, how are you? I'm good. It's the holiday week here. Can't complain.
1: Really? Is that a holiday?
0: Yeah, yeah. School holiday this week. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. You take yeah, some time of off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got the whole week. My wife's working though, so I'm, I'm mostly doing childcare at the moment. But nice. Yeah, it's all good. All good.
1: So I think we have some follow-up from, from last week. A little bit, yeah. Um, we l-
0: Last time we talked about uh, remote screen sharing or remote access to desktop computers. And we, we made a big play of screens, which is, is a great app for for accessing Macs and PCs from iOS. But after the show, we, we got a number of emails uh, in follow-up just talking about another app that we hadn't mentioned because uh, I certainly hadn't heard of it before, Federico. I know you had maybe known about it called Jump Desktop. Mm. And this is an app that has a, a, has quite a devoted following as far as I can tell. And uh, I really appreciate people sending sending me the emails just to say, you know, this is an app worth considering, worth looking at. It seems to be quite a rich application and combines uh, a number of different features that are useful. So if you're looking for something maybe a little bit more uh, full featured than screens, which is quite, uh, the screens is not a basic app in any sense, but it's uh, with Jump Desktop, you can do a little bit more along the lines of like file handling and things like that as well. So uh, it's just definitely another app worth taking a look at if you're interested in that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think I heard the name before. I think I, I know the icon somehow mm-hmm. of this application, but I, I never used it myself. So it's a, yeah. it's a good tip, good follow-up. Um, today, however, we are talking about the smart home on iOS, how you can manage a smart home, you know, smart home accessories, HomeKit, that type of stuff. Um, before we do that, um, I think we are going to focus on uh, HomeKit, on iOS, mm-hmm. Apple's Home app, some third-party apps, but we're not going to discuss... We are aware of the Amazon Echo ecosystem, we are aware of the Google Home and the Google Assistant, but we are doing a show for iOS users, and so we're talking about the native uh, framework and APIs and accessories that that are supported for iOS.
0: Yeah, I think this is also a very current topic with HomePod just having arrived, I know you've got one Federico, I don't have one yet, but one might be coming for me at some point, but uh, it it seems to be, you know, this is the beginning of Apple's real hard push, I think, into the Home, although HomeKit has been out for a while, it's taken its time to get traction, Uh, Uh, and I think today you're just starting to see things that are branded HomeKit available in the market.
1: Yeah, I think the, I mean, with the HomePod, we're seeing that Apple is expanding towards that vision of, yes, it's a music speaker, but it's got home in the name. And I, I do not think, you know, for as much as Apple likes to push the idea that this is an Apple music speaker, essentially, mm-hmm. essentially it's, it's got home in the name. Uh, and I think, you know, it's got Siri and it can talk to HomeKit. So I think it, it is their first uh, smart home product, really. Um So, obviously, when we're talking about HomeKit and 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 Home on iOS, the starting point should be the Home app, which was added to iOS a couple of years ago, and it's still the only default built-in way of adding new accessories to your HomeKit setup. Um, The way that the Home app works is... When you first set it up, you go through a basic organization of your home. So you say, I have these rooms, uh, I got my kitchen, I got my living room, I got a bedroom. You can set up multiple rooms. And the idea is that you have a main view in the app, which is the favorites view. Here you will find all the accessories or scenes that you marked as favorites. And then you can browse room by room. And this is done by tapping the rooms tab and then swiping left and right to navigate between rooms. It's not the best way. Uh, especially if you have a if you have a large house with a lot of rooms, uh, there's a lot of swiping involved, and there's no uh, grid view, for example, to say. Or there's no like uh, I wish it, there were like a, a way to have like a mini map of your house uh, in the Home app, but that is not possible. Um, yeah, a
0: lot of Wi-Fi applications do things like that. They let you put a yeah. map picture in, and then you can dive into different rooms and things like that. Yeah. So I, th- I think what I'm hearing, Federico, is that the Queen is going to have a hard time using the Home application if she's got to switch uh. to all the rooms in Buckingham. <laughs> palace God. but uh,
1: <laughs> it's just gonna be hundreds of squares little squares and, and hundreds of swipes to, to she's, she's
0: got a guy for doing that there's an equerry whose job is just to swipe through the home uh, the whole oh map until <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah that that's the if you have a really large uh, castle or <laughs> apartment complex uh, that will not work well for you Um, and finally there's a third tab which we'll talk about it's called automation and that's a whole other feature set Mm. but basically what you do is you set up your home and you want to add some devices to your home and you do this by tapping the plus button in the top right of the app now there's a few ways to add an accessory to your home um, and actually iOS 11 even brought some changes in this regard. Uh, the the default and the most popular way I guess is you tap the plus button and you get a screen with a camera view at the top and with the camera view you can point it to the setup code uh, found on your um, smart home accessories like usually either inside the box or if it's like a sensor in the back of the sensor itself, you will find this little sticker with a, re- with a rectangle and with a bunch of numbers inside. That's actually a special font and a special shape that the iOS camera recognizes, so it can more easily scan the setup code for you. It's kind of similar kind to of how... like an iTunes card, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. like an iTunes card. Uh, so you, you, you can scan with the camera, or with iOS 11, what you can do is you can tap... To set up, if the accessories have NFC enabled, Uh, kind of like you can set up an Apple TV or the AirPods. There's a you know accessory makers can make put a an NFC chip inside of these devices, and you can just tap them. Uh, And also,
0: which one of these you have to do depends on what the manufacturer kind of supplies with the with the kit, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. it's uh, totally out of Apple's control. the The manufacturer has to put it in, which does not surprise me. The fact that I still have to see HomeKit devices with NFC setup, I think it's I don't know if it's yeah. expensive or if maybe the manufacturers that just don't bother. Um, but anyway, you can also um, there's also support for QR codes. In iOS 11, to, to add a new device, also another okay. feature that I've not seen. And finally, in theory, according to the APIs, you should be able, um, if the manufacturer supports this feature, to scan a product before you turn it on for the first time, and you scan it, you add it, and then you turn it on. And the idea is, if maybe you need to place a product in a place that is difficult to reach, or if it's something like a sprinkler, for example, which, you know, adding the device as it's turned on and <laughs> sprinkling water, it's not, ex- not necessarily <laughs> ideal. Yeah, you've got to uh, run up with your phone and scan it while <laughs> in between the squirts of the spray. <laughs> so in theory, according to the iOS 11 documentation, it should be possible to uh, scan it before and then you turn it on. Anyway, uh, it's all done from the home app and you go through this process. Once the device has been recognized, usually what you do is you give it a name you assign it to a room, I think you can change the icon from a very small selection of icons, um, and that's that's basically it. Then you can use the accessory uh, either in the favorites view, you can mark it as a favorite, there's a toggle in the detail screen, or room by room, you can browse and use them.
0: Okay, so... you. Y- This episode is mostly going to be you telling me about this because I don't actually have any smart home things in my house at all. So this is kind of like a sales pitch, if you like. Like I am smart home curious, but I have not... Uh, all I can think of, Federico, is my mother coming to do some babysitting, and then me having to explain to her how to turn the lights on, okay. and the look on her face when I tell her you've got to download this thing or whatever. So I'm really looking forward to kind of hearing more about how mm. this works. But okay. I have one I have question the just about for you. Yeah. I have the solution for okay. you, but
1: we'll talk about it later. But I have okay. an idea for you.
0: Good. Um, I had one question just in, in in the kind of area of setup and management, which was how does how does firmware for your devices appear like for a firmware update for your light bulbs? I mean, I can't believe that's even a phrase that we yeah, we need I to know. use these days. But but that's the world we're going into, right? Everything is hardware and software. So, do does Home have a role to play in firmware update for devices? So,
1: um, Home as a way of notifying you of updates. In the main view or in the at the top of the room uh, section, there's usually a text summary. That's actually really useful because it gives you like a summary of the state of your home, uh, like okay. uh, 20 degree temperature inside and one device is not responding. Like, it gives you a summary of important stuff you should know. If okay. there's an update, like a firmware update for one of your accessories, you will see like two updates available. And I actually went through this process today with one of my door sensors. Um, it said uh, two updates available, and what you see, you open, uh, you tap on the on the text, and you a uh, so full screen view opens, and there's like um one of those app store banners that you see usually on the web for like websites of apps that says uh, you need to perform this update using the manufacturer's own app. And if you got the app installed, the banner says open. If it's not installed, uh, which is strange because usually you buy the accessory and it tells you to download the app to do the first time setup. but there's you can go to the app store and download the app so uh, the the update that I did today it required me to have the Elgato Eve app installed. so I opened it and I went to the settings and it said uh, there, there's a firmware update for you and I did the, the thing which was super slow because it's Bluetooth and not the good mm. the good one. I don't think it's the <laughs> recent because it, it's an accessory an accessory from a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, a home basically notifies you of updates, but then it takes you to the dedicated app for to do that. I've never seen a firmware update done within the home app itself, so I assume okay. it has to be done with the manufacturer's own software.
0: I suppose there's a, there's a good chance that you wouldn't have the manufacturer's app installed if, you're, if you rely on home for setup and then for management. Yep. I suppose that's one of the purposes of the home app is to kind of get away from using all these janky third-party apps yep. and just have one Apple interface for the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I, wanted to, I also wanted to note how these accessories actually look like, which I think is really the biggest problem with the home app, is that everything is a little square or, or a rectangle. Okay. But that's another thing. So every single accessory is represented by a little square. And sure, the name is different, the label, are, the labels are different, and the icons change. Of course, a uh, light bulb as a light bulb icon and a fan as a fan icon. But really, at a glance, everything is a square. Even if you look at the Apple website, you will see the Home app is a collection of little squares, uh, which can be confusing. Uh, because, uh, you know, when we think of the smart home, we think of these, like, these dashboards with dedicated controls like actual switches or like sliders and fancy buttons no everything in home is a a square and you tap these accessories and at a very basic level when you tap once uh, you either turn something on or off so you tap the light it turns on or off you tap mm, like um, for example um, I'm like a fan and it turns on or a sprinkler. Um, you know if you yeah. have I don't have access to those fancy devices because in Italy the situation is really sad in terms of products. Um, yeah. But the main interactions are hidden behind 3D touch or long presses. So you need so to kinda press... Like control center. Kind of like control center, exactly okay. like that. And when you press, you will get these custom UIs. The change depending on the type of accessory. So if you press on a, on a light bulb, on a light or on um, yeah on a light bulb, for example, you see, if you got the Philips Hue or the light FX, um, you press on the, you press on that and you get a slider. And while you're still holding, I think it's kind of like the volume in control center. While you're still holding, you can swipe up and down to change the brightness of the light. Um, also, at the uh, and now I'm referring to, to the, to the lights because it's the best example. At the bottom, you see two additional buttons, one that says color and the other that says details. The color one, you can tap <laughs> and you get even more <laughs> levels of navigation because once you're into the color wheel uh, screen, you can either change the colors in the color wheel or at the bottom, there's brightness <laughs> and details. So details is always at the bottom right. And the details screen is essentially the setting screen for an accessory. This is where you can change the name, you can change the room it's assigned to, you can change the icon, and you can even, this is one of the other features, you can assign and uh, you can create a group of accessories. Of accessories, so you can create. Think of it like a folder, for example. Uh, and you say, uh, I want to name all my light bulbs the the super lights, uh, the Tichy super lights. So I create a group that says Tichy super lights, and then you can ask to Siri to say, Hey, turn on my super lights, uh, because that's the f- nickname for the group, which is a a good way to basically treat multiple accessories as just one entity. Um, yeah, suppose
0: it, we in our room, just the room I'm sitting in right now, for example, the. Eight spotlights in the roof, so you would. I'm guessing you would. Exactly, I would maybe group those eight lights into yes. maybe one or two groups. Yes, you know the two ends of the room with different yeah. purposes. So, yeah. yeah, and then deal with them that way.
1: Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of interactions uh, involved mm-hmm. with 3D Touch. A lot of custom UIs that change depending on the accessories that you that you're using. In general, I think you will see sliders. You will see switches that have a on and off state. Uh, you will see um, the camera, for example. If you have a if you have a camera, um, live camera preview, uh, mm-hmm. you can press it and you get a you get a like the video feed from the camera. Um, okay. Usually, tap means turn off or play or pause, and press means I want to do more. I want to have more mm-hmm. control with the, over this accessory. So I mentioned rooms, uh, I mentioned actually home, accessories, uh, rooms, and groups. The other level of organization is the zones feature. So you can have multiple zones inside of a, inside of your home. Um, this is useful uh, by default. I think Apple recommends that you do inside and outside. So okay. you, you can create a zone that says, uh, y- it allows you to ask to, to see, for example, to perform a command such as turn off the lights inside and it knows that it's not a group, it's not a room but it's a zone, so everything inside gets turned off or on but you can also get, uh, you know be more custom in the sense that maybe you think of a zone as your uh, kitchen and living room, there are two separate rooms so you can create a zone there or maybe you want to create a zone for your garage and your you know, office Uh, if they're close to each other Uh, There's a lot of. It really depends on what you're looking for here. Uh, Personally, I just have inside and outside because we live in a in a small apartment. There's really not a need for multiple zones. But I imagine
0: the the kids' bedrooms could be a zone in my house. Turn off all the lights in the kids' bedrooms would be the the most amazing thing I could get. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, that's that's possible. And uh, a lot of these a lot of these controls. I would recommend that you go into your um, in the home app, and if you tap at the top, there's a there's like a location icon. Uh, here you can see all of the people that have access to your home. All of the you can change the background wallpaper because you, yes, you can change the background image in, for every single screen in the home app. And okay. here you will also see like the hubs that are connected, so like Apple TVs or home pods or ipads that are acting as hubs that allow you to access your home remotely uh, wh- okay. while you're not at home
0: yeah i wasn't sure if home pod could do that or not but it, it can yeah. basically take the same place as the apple tv for remote access yeah
1: yeah remote access and running automation stuff while you're not at home um okay. so yeah that's really useful so
0: so let, let me restate what you've said and just make sure I understand it correctly. A, a zone is some large area that contains any other unit in the system, and then you can have rooms. But an ex- a, a home a home kit device has to be inside a room in order yes. to work. Is that right? Yes. And yes. then a group is a collection of accessories, accessories yes. which may or may not be the same type. Is that right? Like you could have a fan and the light in a group. I think or do so. They all have to be the same. So you can have a group, and that group could go across rooms. I'm double checking
1: now, but I think so.
0: You could say like turn off Uh, all the lights in the house. No, they can only
1: be grouped accessories of the same type. So I'm I'm trying now and I try with my kitchen light and it recommends other lights. So they have to be similar.
0: So a group is of the same type, but maybe in different rooms. So you could could have a a command for all the lights or all the heaters or something like that. Yes. And that would affect multiple rooms, but they would all be the same type. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so because I imagine ways, yeah.
1: you don't want to group like like a light with a with the temperature or with the thermostat. Because when you say turn on, what does it mean? Like I could see yeah. how it would be strange to reconcile the same command for different types of accessories. I, I suppose, really and truly, a, a group is a, a
0: collection of um, similar types of device, yes. and a room is a collection of different types of device. Yeah, so it's it's one or the other, isn't it? Really, you know, it's just a terminology thing. Okay. Yeah,
1: and the zones you can set up by going into the Rooms tab at the top. There's a at the top left. There's a list icon uh, that brings up a a list of all your rooms. So if you don't want to swipe, I guess you can also access this pop-up. And there's a button that says Room Settings, and here you will be able to uh, tap on on any individual room to change the name and assign the room to a zone.
0: Okay, so zone is a group of rooms, basically. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. Now, I have one other question about rooms and zones. Does the whole system assume that you only have one house?
1: Uh, n- can yes, you have more than one but house? you can have multiple home configurations, I think. Okay. Um, so if I go now this is something that I never tested myself this is not a current topic
0: for me either but someday
1: there a, might. no 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 I get it it makes sense like yeah. if you have like a vacation home or something like that yeah. uh, you, can, you can tap on the arrow icon that I mentioned in the home, ta- in the home tab on the top left there's a button uh, you tap it it opens a full screen view with your profile pictures and the hubs and there's another button that says add home and okay. yeah, and in fact the default name is Vacation Home.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: Well, you think how much people at the top
0: of Apple earn you they, you would think they would probably be in that situation that you know Tim Cook or somebody would have tested that and gone, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, my house yes. in Alabama yeah. I can't be controlled by my house in California. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now cool. there's another level <laughs> that I need to explain, <laughs> which is the scenes feature. Okay. So a scene is um I guess it can be defined as a as a group of actions. So we talked about groups of rooms, groups of accessories. Mm -hmm. This is a group, uh, seen as a group of actions that can be executed at once with a single command through a fancy nickname that you assign. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have uh, set up just today a new uh, Liefx light on my desk. And in my desk is actually placed in a small, small corner of my, our bedroom, so I don't really have an office space. And in our bedroom, we are also we also have a Philips U light, which is connected to a bigger like IKEA huge light bulb thing. That go, okay. basically the light is inside, and it creates like this diffused effect, which is really nice. So I have two lights. I set up a scene which is called uh, recording time. So I can ask Siri to turn on recording time and it puts uh, basically assigns a specific color and intensity to each individual light with a single command. And this gives you the idea of what you can do. A scene is a way, it's not an automated way. It's a single command for multiple actions from different accessories that can be placed in different rooms and in different zones, but it's a way to save time to perform multiple actions together.
0: Okay, I mean, so it's kind yeah. of like a script in that sense.
1: Yes. It's kind of like a script. script. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I love that (laughs) you're (laughs) trying to think of this in programmer terms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just eventually I'm going to write a shell script that just does this for me. So we're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you have a lot of freedom here. For example, you can say movie time, and maybe you know the lights are dimmed and the window shades uh, close. Uh, I know there's there's I I know someone who sent me an email a while back. They they control their um, the, the watering system in their garden with the sprinklers okay. and the and the because there's now with iOS 11 you can buy um you can buy home kit sprinklers home kit uh, mm-hmm. faucets uh there's a lot of like fancy home automation stuff that you can get in the United States um and you can set up scenes for like Siri uh, water my flowers and you know stuff like that uh it's really Scotland. <laughs> you've got that built into the atmosphere it's fine. Yeah, I mean it's uh, <laughs> uh I think I'm setting up a bunch of scenes it's a feature that I that I never really took seriously and I know Mm -hmm. why because I've only been adding accessories to my home like seriously uh, over the past month Uh, because if you only have like a couple of lights yes you can set up a scene but it's not really useful it starts to become useful the moment that you have a lot of accessories and you want to set up a lot of actions
0: yeah, because going, going through the individual devices could get pretty tedious, I guess. So you're going to want to have, yeah. you know, you could have like a shutdown or something where, you know, everybody's gone to yep. bed and just want to make sure everything's off in the house, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and the, and the scenes is also a way to save time with automation, which I'll talk about in, in a few minutes. But instead of uh, like when you're setting up a new automated Uh, rule Uh, you don't have to add one accessory after the other if you already have a scene you can say every day at 6 a.m i want this scene to be run and so it's a way you know grouping grouping actions is also a way to save time later when you set up automation
0: okay i think i get it
1: okay (laughs) are you making like like a little like a little mind map (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've got a kind of Dungeons and Dragons kind of scene going on in my head where there are, there are scenes and there are zones and uh, yes. I know I that the Sonic ter- Hedgehog was, was, was split into zones you know
1: there's a lot <laughs> of know, terminology there's a lot of terminology involved but yeah. trust me it, it does make sense now I'm not a fan of the, the design of all this but mm-hmm. the, the structure makes sense
0: yeah, it 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 feels very programmerish at the yes. moment. you yeah. know, like there there's a hierarchy and there are there are defined groups and and there are ontologies for all these things. I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I suppose, like you're saying, it would take some time of kind of living in a smart home to get a feel for the kind of things you do repeatedly in the app, and then you could turn them into mm-hmm. uh, turn I, them I, into. I can tell
1: you, um, yeah. It, there, there's a lot of patience involved with all of this, especially if you live with other people, like um, explaining all the nuances of all the commands. And like, mm-hmm. especially for Siri, now that we have a HomePod, um, explaining the way that you're supposed to ask things. Um, and there's some weird things. For example, if you I set up a scene that is called uh, Coffee Maker and it turns on my Wemo switch. Okay. And the way that it's set up, you cannot ask Siri to turn off the coffee maker because Siri says, I cannot turn off that scene because that scene is supposed to turn on your smart plug. Okay. And so it doesn't know how to reconcile the fact that I'm asking to be turned off, but the action in the scene is to be turned on. So it, does, right, it doesn't, okay. it, do, it cannot inf- infer that... It also has to flip the action to actually turn off the smart. The, the grammar
0: is effectively a little bit weak, isn't it? You, you exactly. It doesn't have the sense of negation. So yeah, you it, can't
1: it say, doesn't oh, know okay. that. It doesn't know that, and so it says, "I, I'm, I cannot turn off your coffee maker." But if you ask to turn off the switch, uh, it does that. So there's oh, okay. a there's a few yep. things that you need to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it kind of you kind of need to be able to write the reverse of a scene as well. Yep or it needs to remember what the previous state was and you can restore the previous state or something like that.
1: And I think there's maybe a way to say just toggle whatever the state is and do the opposite. Maybe there's a way, but the fact that I'm running this stuff through HomeBridge, which is a whole other topic, um, maybe adds some confusion to that.
0: So you mentioned Federico living with others. And I suppose, you know, as somebody who lives in a family of five, I think that's a, a big question for me if I was to bring smart home stuff into the into the houses. Uh, firstly, how do other people who live in the house interact with the smart home? I mean, assume that, you know, my, my older two kids and my wife have all got iPhones and, you know, we're all members of our iTunes home sharing system or okay. whatever it's called, the, the family sharing system. Um, how, how does that, does that have any relationship, the yeah. home sharing stuff? With home and how do you bring people into that group?
1: So, um, I don't have I don't have that kind of family setup. We just just two people over here, um, yeah. and we also have family sharing enabled. But I do I don't think it affects the way that you set up your home. I think you need to manually invite people. At least that's what I had to do with Sylvia. Okay. Um. Uh, you and you can do this invitation uh, from the home app itself. Um the the problem is that I'm not sure because I don't have family sharing with the with a parent and kid setup. so I'm not sure how permissions work if you have yeah. children and they are signed in as children in your family sharing what if you get additional permissions in the home app it's something that I've never seen and that I've never bothered to check honestly. Um, okay. so in theory, if you invite your kids to your home setup, they will be able to change to change everything whenever they want. I hope that there's a, some kind of parental control to say, uh, "Don't let my kids turn open the garage door, <laughs> stuff like that." <laughs> uh, I think there. there turn on sh- the oven. Yeah. yeah, I think there should be a way, but I'm I'm not sure. Right now, the the way that we are set up, I can do everything and Sylvia can do everything. So. Um, were both admins in that in that sense. Um, but I don't know. I I didn't wanna is,
0: is there any concept of somebody not being an admin, even though they might be an adult in in the system? Can you Can you invite people just to turn your switches on and off, but not
1: to say add a new device to your system? So the way that I see this, if I tap on Sylvia's picture uh, in the home app, uh, there's two settings. One that says allow remote access. Allow this person to control accessories, see when they are being used and receive notifications while not at home. And the second option is allow editing, which is editing allows this person to add and remove accessories, scenes and other people in this home and okay. she only has allow remote access enabled.
0: I, I can just imagine what my children would do with this. They, they would think it was the funniest prank in the world to reprogram yeah. these, so that that allow editing flag is going to be quite important there mm. for anybody living in a family.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think for, for your family, uh, the... Uh, maybe the best thing you can do is have like a little conversation before we <laughs> I mean, like kids do, do not do this. Uh, you can change the colors. You can, you know, you can maybe turn on the, the air conditioner or something, but do not open the garage door at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do, do not turn on the, the shrub light effect, uh, stuff like that.
0: Well, you know, m- my daughter got an echo dot for Christmas. And, uh, one of the funniest games though is for the, for her, her younger sister to creep into her bedroom and say, like a volume 10. Oh, no. Like a play Eye of the Tiger. You <laughs> 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 prank, prank her with some sh- shocking rock music to wake her up in the morning. So. Mm, okay. I'm not saying I've not done that myself. I've actually played that prank quite a few times as well, but it's it is too enjoyable not to do it. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. And I suppose the next one then, Federico, is about temporary visitors. So you have okay. uh, a babysitter coming over, or something, a dog sitter, mm-hmm. uh, a tradesman perhaps, something like that. How, how do temporary visitors interact with a smart home?
1: So my um, recommendation here would be do not bother. I mean, if, he's a, if they're a regular visitor, like someone who comes over once a week, Mm, depending on the way the permissions are set up again I don't know because I, I don't know who to invite you to test this with um, but let's say you don't want to invite them to your home setup permanently um, what I recommend is two things either you have an iPad that it's acts like a, like a like a visual dashboard like an iPad that is always in the uh, in the kitchen or something and people can okay. ask Siri to, to do stuff if that is possible um... Ideally, this should be this should be possible with the HomePod because the HomePod doesn't do, uh, you know, voice recognition for multiple people. It always answers. Yeah, and, and presumably
0: you can't edit with the HomePod either. So yeah, just speaking so to that might be enough.
1: That could be enough. But what I also recommend is getting is buying um a set of the Logitech. Uh, they're called the Pop buttons. Uh, these are like physical buttons, like square pieces of plastic. Um, that you press you can you can program with homekit because there's there's a homekit version available of this on the apple store and you can program these buttons to do stuff they can turn on accessories they can turn on scenes and what i would recommend is you place one of these like in the living room and you say if you press it once it, it turns on or off the lights and if you double tap it it does something else. Um, and what I've done is I have three buttons around our apartment, and each one of those, they do something a little different. So there's one on my nightstand that turns the bedroom lights on and off. But if I double tap it, it runs uh, another scene that I have in my home HomeKit. Um, and you can either buy the HomeKit version or the um, the the standard version, which basically uh, requires you to uh, set up auto- automation and integrations by hand. So you can connect to IFTTT, for instance, and other another products. Um, but I think I really like the idea of having a physical button that doesn't require people to have something on their iPhones or to learn how to use the home app or to talk to Siri. So for basic actions, like if, you're, if, you're, if your mom needs to interact with the lights, maybe pressing a button is easier than, you know, explaining how to use the home app on the iPhone.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see how that could work. Are are those are they standalone like battery powered Wi-Fi buttons? Is that how they work, or do you cable them in some way?
1: Um, they so um, they are battery powered, but they have th- this Bluetooth connection, uh, and they have a little bridge that communicates with over Wi-Fi. Um, okay. And uh, I'm checking now on the on the Apple Store. Uh, it's called the Logitech po- uh, Logitech Pop Smart Button starter kit, it's $60 for uh, the bridge and I think one button Uh, yeah, Uh, it's got a battery inside and it's HomeKit enabled, it requires iOS 10.3 and it lets you program, uh, control your HomeKit enabled devices Um, and it also supports non-HomeKit devices like the Sonos speakers and the Logitech Harmony Hub if you want to control your TV. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: Fitzgerald, let me tell you about one of our sponsors for tonight. Okay. This episode of Canvas is brought to you by SaneBox. I bet every person listening to the show is something they don't like about email and that's why you need to try SaneBox. While it would be lovely, it's just not practical to delete all your email. There's initially important stuff in there that you have to deal with. But one of the big problems is that all email looks the same. And at a glance, it can be difficult to try and decipher which messages need your attention. So wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox? That's what SaneBox is all about. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff to different folders so the only messages in your inbox are the ones that you need. And the great thing is that it will work seamlessly with your current system and with any app. One of the best features of SaneBox is called the black hole. All you need to do is move unwanted email into that folder and you'll never hear from that sender ever again. With SaneBox, you can also set up email reminders Snooze your email, and so much more. Now, Federico, you're a resident sandbox user. Is there any relationship between email and HomeKit? I hope you don't get email from your light switches. Um,
1: you know, I I consider actually having uh, actions that. Um, Using Homebridge on my Raspberry Pi, which is a whole other topic. Um, that's a whole show in itself. Yeah, I, I basically I wanted to have actions that do stuff over APIs, and I was thinking like maybe I should have like a HomeKit trigger that sends a message to my Slack teammates. Um, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Um, so no, I don't have I don't have any okay. uh, HomeKit stuff in email, but I do love Samebox. Um, uh, I love Samebox for the. The time that it saves me from worrying over email. Um, usually, when I talk about say, inbox, I give a specific example. This time, I just want to say that um, I I don't stress over the you know going through my inbox every day the way that it used to be with 50 new messages and trying to you know with the mindset of what am i looking for here what am i missing where's the important message that i'm not seeing because of all these new emails and the, the way that same box works because it's uh, it can intelligently assign emails to different folders i know that what is in my inbox is something important that i should be taking care of or somebody that i need to reply to um and you know, especially now that I've done some training, because I mean, same box will sometimes put stuff in your same later folder, especially if it, if it come if it's a message that comes from a person. That you're never talked to before, uh, but once you train it, over time it learns from your trainings. And so now it's been over a year that I've been using SaneBox and uh, everything in my inbox is super relevant to me. And uh, the stuff in the same later and the same news folders, they are um, indeed messages that are from people that. Uh, like PR people that not necessarily I need to reply to or questions that you know I, I get a lot of emails about <laughs> apps and workflows and automations yep. and ideas so I love SaneBox because it saves me a lot of time and, and it, you know it doesn't make me stress over email
0: Excellent so to get help you get a little more organization in your inbox we have worked with SaneBox to get you a great deal just go to sanebox.com slash canvas today and you'll get a two week free trial and an extra twenty dollar credit just because you listened to the show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. Again, that's Sanebox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com slash canvas. And we thank Sanebox for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So Federico, more voice.
1: Okay. Um, Siri and HomeKit. Mm. So, I mean, of course, if you get a HomePod, that's the only way to interact with uh, HomeKit. It's by talking to Siri. Um, but also, you can do this on iOS. You can do this on your iPhone uh, using the uh, hands-free activation or the the standard Siri by pressing the the button. Uh, you can do it on the iPad via voice or with type to Siri, which is the new you know, the new feature in iOS 11. You can do it on your Apple Watch, of course. Um, and if you have a Series 3, sometimes Siri even talks back to you on the watch. Um, the general idea is that you can turn accessories on and off. Uh, you can ask to activate scenes and you can ask to retrieve information from accessories. What I always do is I ask Siri to give me the current the current temperature and humidity from our bedroom. We have uh, an Elgato Eve room sensor. And so Siri will... You cannot, unfortunately, this is one of the limitations of Siri in, in general, but especially from HomeKit is uh, quite apparent that you cannot chain multiple requests together. So you cannot say uh, Siri uh, turn you know turn the lights on unless it's a, it's a zone or a group you cannot like speaking naturally you cannot say hey turn on the lights in the living room and the kitchen and give me the temperature like that that is not possible that SD is something commands, yeah. yeah yeah multiple commands is something that, that an actual assistant would totally understand but Siri does not uh, which is unfortunate but overall I would say it works pretty well Um I I use the you know especially turning off my uh, my espresso machine which is hooked up to a WeMo switch um, and get, retrieving the temperature either from inside or outside because we also have a, a sensor on the balcony to get to get the temperature from the outside it works pretty well and uh, here I guess the you know if you have a if you have a big house multiple rooms, multiple groups, multiple zones, you you really see the advantage of that kind of organization here, because instead of asking Siri to perform 10 commands with 10 questions in a row, you can just group multiple commands together in one uh, layer and ask Siri to to act on that with just one sentence.
0: Very cool, very cool. I think,
1: uh, I noticed when
0: I was, I was work- using a friend's HomePod recently, and I noticed that the fact that apple's trigger word is two words you say hey siri um that i feel like that became quite tedious quite quickly whereas the amazon version is a single word and and that seemed just feels a little less annoying somehow Uh, i wonder if apple might change that in the future
1: yeah that that's exactly the same point that my girlfriend made yesterday she said, you know, mm. using hey before just just annoying. I prefer the way that you summon the, the Amazon echo with just one word. And I think Google has the same problem with the okay Google. Uh it's 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 not even that it's a necessarily like a longer like it's not like you're speaking for like 20 seconds, but it's the yeah. it's the mental fatigue of saying two separate words I, I don't know how to describe it but it just seems it just seems inconvenient and i agree with that i would like to have like just one like just siri you know um yeah because
0: it, it's the more conversational these things get like you if you were talking to somebody who was continually in the same room as you you wouldn't all every single time address them with hey as if you had just met them you know you would say you know Federico, could you pass me whatever? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of more how the Amazon one is. It's more conversational as if the thing is in the same room with you all the time and you're just talking to it as opposed to you're greeting it and for the first time and asking for, for something.
1: There's something that I wanted to to mention quickly about the the home app on the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. I really, I think it's really bad <laughs> the way that it's been designed. <laughs> um, it's It's a long list of um, scenes and accessories that you have to scroll with the digital crown or by swiping and basically the more um, accessories or scenes you have the more you you need to scroll okay it, it's impossible to find anything here
0: so you, does it not show zones and, and rooms
1: no it shows ah, nothing yeah. it's just a long list of cards that you need to scroll vertically. Um, I, I would have preferred some kind of grid view or, you know, some yeah. personalization. It's, I think it's like, I would love the ability to have on my wrist like a complication that turns off the lights. Just one button that does that for me. And instead, the primary interaction, because I don't, you know, I don't want to talk to Siri at night while my girlfriend and my puppies are sleeping. Um, I wanna, I wanna tap. I wanna interact with touch, which is quiet. Uh, but on the Apple Watch, that is not possible. And if you wanna, if you don't wanna use Siri on the watch, you get this app, which is a list of things. And to find anything here is impossible and it takes you several seconds and at that point you'll be just like, you know what? I'm just gonna get my phone and I'm gonna browse the home app or some third party apps which I'll talk about. But yeah, the home app on the Apple Watch. Not a fan. Thumbs uh, two thumbs down.
0: Is there any kind of widget interface on the on the phone? Can you can you put certain scenes Uh... into the the widget viewer? No. (laughs) Yeah.
1: See, which is why, thing which that... is why I wanted to talk about third-party apps.
0: Okay, they're going to save you. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> before before we move to that, we need to talk about automation. Of course. So it wouldn't be Canvas if we didn't talk about exactly. Automation. <laughs> um, the, so the way that this is that this works in HomeKit is you have a trigger and you have conditions in the middle, and you have actions. So uh, the trigger. Um, there's There's a few types of different triggers. Um, you can trigger an automation to run if somebody arrives at home or leaves home. and that okay. can be a specific person that can be the first person to arrive. Uh, there's some level of control that you can mm-hmm. that you can uh, you know play with here. Um, there's a trigger for a specific time of the day. Uh, there's a trigger for when an accessory is controlled and there's also a trigger for when a sensor detects something, um, uh, for example, you know, your, your front door is open. Uh, you can use a motion that.
0: detecting camera or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can do that. Okay. Um,
0: now, so you don't always have to keep checking your camera to see if there is something there you can, I, I, you, know, ideally you, you can be that, alerted. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> but that would, that would be, uh, not efficient, um. Also, in a, and this is where it gets kind of weird. In iOS 11, Apple introduced uh, a way to, uh, to have a trigger with value ranges. Mm-hmm. So if my temperature uh, is in between 10 and 20, uh, but this, uh, I think it's called characteristic value range, um, cannot be configured in the Apple Home app Okay. But you can do it in third-party apps.
0: So the API supports it. The HomeKit supports it, but not the, the Apple app.
1: Yeah. So the API, this API, this value range can be can can be used in a third-party HomeKit client, but you cannot set it up from scratch in the Home app. However, once you set it up in a third-party app. You can see it in the Apple app mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> because it knows what it means. So you can see the yeah. you can see the automation. You can see the rule. You just cannot create it from scratch because there's no UI for that in the. In that seems like something
0: app. they they ran out of time to do and they punted I it because so. there were no devices at the time or something like that. I think
1: so. Um, so yeah. the other the other aspect of this is the is conditions. So once I have a trigger. I want to make sure that the automation runs only if specific conditions have been met. And once again, you, you, you can customize the time, for example. You can say, uh, only, for example, only repeat this on certain days of the week. Or you can say, uh, once I arrive at the location and then you can customize the location, there's a map view that allows you to pick any address that you want or that allows you to change the, you know, you, you can pick your home as the address. You, you, okay. you have total control. For example, you can say, uh, once I arrive at work, um, I don't know, play some music in the house. <laughs> Tell everybody that I made it <laughs> safely to the hand. office. <laughs> <laughs> um you can even there's a it's hard to describe because it's obviously mm-hmm. something that you need to see uh, once you set it up and it changes for every single type of accessory. So uh, you know obviously a weather uh, sensor doesn't have the idea of a condition for um, location or motion. So it it changes depending on what automation you're setting up. And I would say that I don't hate the design of automation in the home app i understand what they're going for uh you know it's it's mm. uh, basically the triggers and the conditions and the actions are three separate screens that you go through like multiple pages it's not the kind of workflow that you and i have in mind with like top yeah. to bottom execution um yeah. apple is going for like a multi step Guided process, and I understand. Seems a bit why. more
0: IFTTT than, yes. than workflow, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. In a way, it's like that. You start with the trigger, you move on to the condition, and then you do the action, which mm. makes sense. It's I think it's maybe more understandable by most people. Um, and I have a few automations set up. I can give you some examples. I'm looking now. So, um, all my lights turn on at 5 p.m. if I'm at home. So that's a condition. Okay. Uh, all the lights turn off if they're not already off at 5 a.m. Um, if there's motion in the kitchen and I'm not at home, I get a notification. Uh, there's a camera that I, you know, it's, okay. uh, you can connect the motion sensor to a camera, mm-hmm. um, which is really useful. And uh, this is quite nice. If the humidity in my bedroom is too high, all my lights turn red. So I know that I need to open a window or turn on the, the humidifier yeah. in the bedroom, which is really nice. Uh, mm. And of course, when the first person arrives at home, if the lights are not already on, they turn on. So, you know, when you open the door, you get the lights on. Uh, I wonder,
0: is there a date-based... can you do it by date as well because I'm thinking like in Scotland for example when it gets dark changes wildly between the summer and the winter you know in in Mm -hmm. the summer you wouldn't want the lights on before 11 o'clock at night Yeah. but in the winter you want them on at like 3 in the afternoon so
1: so you um, yeah so you have relative options for sunrise and sunset and those use your location I believe to you know uh, understand what, what it means in terms of time of the day that's helpful
0: yeah and And, 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 uh, when you say location is location like fixed for the for the automation It's not based on your physical location at that time
1: um i'm just
0: thinking if i if i'm traveling to say south africa or something and my sunset and sunrise is different from the houses one
1: i think it's tied to uh if the if the it's tied to the address of the home um so if you're traveling but there's still people home the lights will will still turn on at sunset okay
0: yeah so you can keep your home alone situation going even though you travel.
1: Yeah, because away. I mean, I I've been to San to San Francisco, uh, and Sylvia was at home and she didn't text me uh, like in the middle of the night because <laughs> the lights were turning on. So I I guess they were working the way they were supposed Good stuff. to. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, um, Federico, let me do the second sponsor, then we'll wrap up with uh, third party apps if that's okay. okay. This episode is also brought to you by Pingdom. You're more familiar with Pingdom than you might think because Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online. Squarespace, Bud, BuzzFeed, Netflix, and Imager are all sites that run on Pingdom. Websites are pretty sophisticated now and they have so many moving parts. There are contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, logins, search functionality, and loads more. Pingdom lets you check the availability of all those functions. It's not just about getting a message when your site is down. They care about the important interactions people have on your site too, and they'll let you know if they're not working. It's so easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code CANVAS at checkout to get a 30% discount off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and all of Real AFM. All
1: right, so I have um, three uh, third-party app recommendations okay. and one quick mention of, of Homebridge. Uh, so let's start with Homebridge, actually. Um, okay. This is way out of the scope of this episode, but Homebridge um, is a way to um, turn non-HomeKit accessories into HomeKit accessories. This is possible because there's a a protocol, I think it's called the HomeKit Access Protocol, something like that. It's a a software, it's code that programmers and developers can download to tinker with HomeKit uh, by themselves at home with the computer. And someone, I think his name is Nick Farina, he figured out a way to create a virtual bridge uh, that is extensible with plugins. So HomeBridge runs, uh, you know, it can run on multiple platforms. There's a version for the Mac, there's a version for the Raspberry Pi, you can run it on Linux, you can run it on Windows. Um, Okay. And it creates a virtual bridge. And that bridge um, can be extended with the plugins made by other people. So there's a plugin for the Belkin Wemos switches. There's a plugin for the Nest um, thermostats. There's a plugin for the Logitech Harmony, which is terrible. Do not install the plugin. You will cr- crash your home <laughs> bridge. But this, the okay. idea is that uh, you have this virtual bridge and you download plugins made by other people. And the bridge uh, allows you to turn old accessories that do not support HomeKit into modern accessories that you can see in the Home app. And I can tell you, I've been spending way too much time researching this. I'm working on a, on a story for the website. It's going to be fun. Okay. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I've been having a lot of fun with the, the Raspberry Pi, running HomeBridge and creating all kinds of... Um, custom accessories for for home kit it's super that fun that sounds interesting yeah it's really fun anyway so the 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 first app that i want to mention is uh, unfortunately it's got a really <laughs> uh, the name of the of this app is home which is really unfortunate because <laughs> it's got the worst <laughs> seo in the whole of the internet <laughs> so basically this, this ex i think this app existed before apple had a at a HomeKit app. Yeah, this guests. was
0: back from the day when they had the they had the APIs, but Apple hadn't shipped their own
1: app for it. Yeah, and they so were just depending on more third-party apps coming out. You can easily find this app if you just, I believe, if you search for Home on the App Store, you will see the Apple Home app. But if you search for HomeKit, it'll be the second result. The full title is Home Smart Home Automation and the developer's name is Matthias Ochgatterer. Um, no, I think it's German. I'm not sure how, the way I'm pronouncing this. Um, anyway, it's got a yellow icon with a white home. Sort of the opposite of the Apple home icon. Um, now, this is like the TweetBot or the workflow <laughs> for HomeKit. Um, okay. It's got a whole other mm, mm, organizational system. Um the way that you create automations is more like the way that you and I like it with like r- top to bottom, you know, rules, conditions, actions at the bottom. Uh, it runs, mm-hmm. you know, you start, you have a middle, you have a, you have an end. It makes sense. And the best part of this, uh, it, um, I should mention it's on the iPhone, it's on the iPad, it's on the Apple Watch. It supports iOS 11 design and it's got a lot of details and settings and controls you can play around with home for hours um but the best part is it's got widgets and you can totally personalize the widgets so you have widgets for individual accessories you have widgets for scenes and you have widgets for groups and you can customize this the way that you want everything is colorful everything has a custom icon much much better design not necessarily intuitive but better design in the sense of everything is more recognizable at a glance than the Apple Home app but also it's like this is the HomeKit app for power users of HomeKit if that's a thing it should be a thing um Absolutely. You you can do a after you've done the show. <laughs> yeah, you, you can do a It's a paid app, but you know it's continuously updated by the developer. I think a new version is actually in beta right now. I have it on my test flight. Um, but the widgets alone, that they, they make it so worth it because you can swipe and you can you can turn on like a scene with just one tap instead of talking to Siri, which is really nice. Um, so if you're looking for more control, I would say go with HomeKit, uh, with the Home app, uh, which is not the Apple one, but the third-party one by Matthias. Uh, re- really well done. Um, the second one, this is a recent discovery of mine. It's called HomeCam. And HomeCam okay. m- does one thing really well, which is if you have multiple HomeKit cameras, when you open this up, it's just one grid view for all your cameras. That's it. There's just no scenes, no accessories, nothing. Just like a monitor-style grid view for all your cameras. It's on the iPhone, it's on the iPad, it's on the Apple TV. Then you can tap in on a a real-time preview to see it in in full screen. And here's the best part. You can add cameras to the widget. And the widget supports real-time footage. So you can swipe and you can see real-time video from your cameras from the widget. And the widget works both on Wi-Fi and with remote access. So you can swipe in 4G over to the widget and you will get a live feed from your home within a few seconds. It's really well done. Um, Very cool. Yeah, and I think the developer is also working on a way to... uh, His name is Aaron Pierce. He's working on a way to... um, uh, act on accessories located within the same room as the camera while you're watching the video feed. So, like you have like a lights button, and you can change the colors of the lights while you're watching the video feed, and you will see the lights change within HomeCam. Really well done. Um, and finally, this is my I mentioned this on Mac stories. This is my favorite App Store discovery in in months. I think it's this app called Home Dash. Now, if you take a look at, uh, on Mac Stories, there's an article that I published, it's called New Apps for 2018. Scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a few screenshots of Home Dash. It looks like one of those futuristic dashboards for the smart home that I mentioned a uh, few minutes uh, you know, into the show. And it's like, you get a sliders, you get buttons, you get like a live video feed, everything is colorful. You get like actual buttons that you can press with the power icon. And you can customize all of these widgets. You can rearrange them on the screen. It's especially impressive impressive on the iPad. All of the widgets that you add to your uh, Home Dash um, dashboard, uh, you can uh, move their position, you can change the size. Um, it's, it's super colorful and it's got, you know, uh, every time I look at my iPad Pro with Home Dash, I'm like, this looks like one of the dashboards from the... What's the name of that? The old... Bridge
0: of the Star Trek Enterprise.
1: Really? Uh, I was thinking of the the Jetsons. Was that the name mm-hmm. of the cartoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it looks yep. kind of like that. You got this dashboard with all kinds of crazy controls. And the best part is that you can set up multiple dashboards. And the controls that go into each dashboard, they do not have to belong to a specific room. So you can have like a, a master okay. dashboard that controls every single accessory in your house. Um it's re- you know it looks really nice it's on the iPhone and the iPad. Unfortunately, I think Apple has some restrictions on the fact that the widgets that you set up cannot sync with iCloud, so you will have to recreate okay. them on both devices. But it's really really well done.
0: Great how far we've come since the days of X10 home automation back mm-hmm. in the olden days. Yeah. I think it's, I'm really interested in some of these and I think in particular um, things like, uh, you know, live video cameras and video doorbells and things like that. I know uh, there there have been some issues with some of those but I think in in principle, those, the fact that this framework has got so much um Rich support for many different kinds of device means that we're starting to finally see the all the flowers bloom in the garden, if you like. And I think uh, it seems clear to me, Federico, that the next step is there needs to be a, a dedicated coffee pot setting mm. in HomeKit for actually dedicated controls for making the right kind of coffee. And then there's a coffee machine. I'm just saying all this because my espresso machine broke yesterday and I'm very upset about it, uh, so <laughs> I don't know what to do. But uh, I'm thinking maybe HomeKit. HomeKit enabled espresso machines need to be the next, be appreciate the next step <laughs> forward. Yeah, <Yes>. yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's begin the petition right here. You know, uh, somebody get on that. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. So, Federico, will we leave it there. I think we've gone long, but I think there's so much to talk about, and, and there's so much to kind of educate people on. I think this is one of the one of the great Canvas episodes in, in the sense that I'm I've gone from zero to a big level of understanding with HomeKit, and I think that uh, I'm I'm quite excited to start thinking of ways that I could use this in in my house as well. I mean, I think I don't know about you, when you started with this, but I kind of feel like this is the first day that I looked at workflow. And I thought, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but I don't really know what I would use any of it for. And I'm starting to get the gears going to think about what, where that might fit into my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I can tell you, it's been really fun too understand the limitations of HomeKit and trying to make our apartment smarter in the sense that it works better for us. And we, you know, it's it's also fun. You know, you have colored lights and you can turn on the espresso machine with the with Siri. It's, just, it's fun and it's useful. But it's really, it's more fun than useful, maybe. I don't know. It depends on how many accessories you have. I, I just have one last question that just occurred to me. How is reliability, like,
0: in terms of the signals getting through to the devices and all that kind of thing? Do they does it work
1: uh, i i I think it works well then again, our apartment is a, is a small one. It's not like a, a house with multiple floors or nothing like that yeah uh, what I recommend is getting devices that connect over Wi-Fi instead of Bluetooth because Bluetooth can be slow and whenever possible do not get battery powered devices. Uh, even though that start with sensors because sensors are mm-hmm. usually they they are, you know, you can place them wherever you want and therefore they have batteries. But if they do have batteries every few months, you will have to replace them or charge them, usually replace them. Um, yeah. So something to keep in mind.
0: Cool. Well, Federico, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, this has been Canvas episode 54. I think it's 54, isn't it? Yep. Episode 54, Managing a Smart Home from iOS. We'll get show notes up at relay.fm slash canvas slash 54. We'll put in some links to Federico's review of the home component of iOS 11. We'll put links to these apps and some of the devices that we've mentioned as well in this show. You can interact with us online. The show is underscore canvas FM. I'm Fraser Spears on Twitter. Federico is Vitici, And we'll be back with you next show.